Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, I'm living a life filled with thrills, and we got a covered wagon here in the studio. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. I just swing that mic out of the way so you can get this this thing in its full glory. Appreciate you for tuning in here on this Monday. I'm Coulter Nuana's. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Last week, I had a thrilling weekend. First of all, because I got married, still riding that high. Hope this lasts for a long time. Secondly, I went and watched a crazy, and what was, I was I was thinking back on this. I, I've covered college football for a long time now. Last week in Bozeman, Montana State, North Dakota State, the first overtime game I've ever covered. Then, we come to this week, and I get thrills times two. First of all, Friday night, another overtime game. So I get two overtime games in the span of less than a week involving each one of the Montana schools. That was thrilling in itself. Then we head across the uh, the mountains to go over to Moscow, go over to the Palouse. We get another thriller at the Kibbe Dome. Albeit, uh, it seemed like a, a snoozer comparatively, even though it was a good game between Idaho and Albany. Excuse me, you Albany. They made sure that we knew that, and we had to call them that, even though no one could explain to me why. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. I'll call you what your name is. That's perfectly adequate. You just got to tell me why. Nobody could, but it's you Albany. I digress. <laughs> then, though, the thrill of the weekend came, not from something fun, but from something so scary. We uh, drove through a sideways snowing blizzard in the middle of the night, 
to get from uh, the Kibbe Dome to our uh, spot where we were staying at the Coeur d'Alene Casino in Worley. But we are here to talk about it. So here we are. Uh, jam-packed all-football show for you here on this Monday. You already know the drill if you're a loyal listener. Got the Montana Football Hour right off the top here. We'll talk about all things Grizz. A little bit of Idaho. The rest of the FCS playoff field. And, of course, the two other things that are churning, other than the results here in college football, that is the coaching carousel and the NCAA transfer portal. We'll do all that right off the top here in hour number one. Then, hour number two, the man, Marty Mornowick, in studio with us. More than a quarter century in the NFL and a wealth of knowledge, but he also has got plenty of knowledge about college football, and he can give us a first-hand scout of the Saturday afternoon semifinal that'll take place here in Missoula. If you haven't heard, if you live under a rock, the Bison are coming to town. Finally, for the first time in a long time and the first time in the playoffs. So here's the thing. There's been these parallel dynasties at the Division I AA FCS law. I shouldn't say parallel. Sort of, uh, there's been different time frames for the different dynasties, but very, very... um, Rarely have there been multiple powers that have had to cross paths with each other. North Dakota State has had an unbelievable run. Nine national championships in 12 years is so impressive. But they did it during a time when Montana maybe wasn't at the peak of their powers. The Grizz, you could argue, were aided in their awesome rise to prominence between 93 and 2009 by... Of course, the building and continued expansion of Washington Grizzly Stadium. Of course, the emergence of a quarterback like Dave Dickinson, who's one of the Big Sky Conference's all-time great athletes. Of course, because of the leadership of legendary coaches like Don Reed and Joe Glenn. But also because of some other circumstances. Idaho, Nevada, Boise State, they left the Big Sky Conference. Eastern Washington hadn't got it rolling yet. Montana State was far from having it rolling while Montana was building their foundation. So there's always some circumstances that go into it, right? Well, if if the Grizz are truly, truly back, and it's hard to say that, it, you know, here's the, here's the dichotomy of the Montana football program, right? On one hand, they're back in the Final Four for the first time since 2011. I know officially it's not since 2009, and I'm not trying to demean the rules and regulations. Montana got in trouble. They got sanctioned for a reason. I'm not trying to push that under the rug. I still think that the cancellation of sporting event results is one of the stupidest punishments in all of the world. I was there at the games. I watched Montana go to the Final Four in 2011. So we're saying all week, no matter what the official deal is, that this is their first semifinal appearance since 2011, not since 2009, which is their last official playoff appearance. Had to get that off my chest. But on one hand, you could say, Well, Montana's back. They're in the Final Four. On the other hand, the expectation has always been here, particularly when Bobby Houck returned to the fold. So you could say, well, they're back to where they should have been and where they should be. Either way, what an unbelievable opportunity in terms of the narrative of the Montana football program as a whole to get North Dakota State in the belly of the beast, in Washington Grizzly Stadium. That's what's going to play out. 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Thank God Almighty that we get a little afternoon kick. These night games are going to be the death of me. I was teasing my brother on Friday night. I was going to say, I, I told him, when our children are older and they ask, Dad, 
When did your health first start go downhill? Going downhill? I'm going to say in 2023 when there was 13 night games. <laughs> I'm just being a curmudgeon. It's actually very fun, and, and it's been a great year so far. But either way, happy the game's at 2.30. Even happier that we're going to get to cover a semifinal in Missoula and beyond thrilled that this is an opportunity for Montana to firmly stamp their uh their rise back to prominence. They, they've they done it already this year. They got 12 wins. They're in the final four. But here they are with a chance to topple the juggernaut, the, the one that's been in control of the subdivision. On the NDSU side, they can certainly then basically put any and all haters out to pasture. Because there's the only two knocks for NDSU during this whole epic run that's seen the Bison win 47 playoff games and nine national titles has been, well, what would happen if they actually had to leave the Fargo Dome? Well, they already got two wins in two of the toughest places to play so far in this playoffs. They already went to Bozeman and won an overtime over the Bobcats. They already went to Vermilion and won handily, smacked South Dakota last week, 45-17 the final score there from the uh, Dakota Dome. But now, can they come win in, as our good buddy Riley Corkin always calls it, the mecca of SCS football? We will see. But what a game with all the different narratives uh, on each side of it. So we'll take you through all the things that we saw during Montana's 35-28 overtime win over Furman. We'll hear uh, some feedback from Bobby Houck and Junior Bergen. And we'll also keep on giving you a look ahead to this uh, NDSU game. We also, I don't know, should I tell them the funny story about our, our basketball tickets or should we just give them the basketball tickets? <laughs> Andrew says, just give the basketball tickets. We've had basketball tickets for you. We gave you a bunch away last week. We're going to keep on giving you some basketball tickets as well. Uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of questions about uh, digital versus printing tickets. And uh, let's just say we feel your pain, but we have some basketball tickets coming up for you. Although there is no Grizz basketball in town this week. It's finals week on the University of Montana campus. So neither the uh, Grizz or Lady Grizz are back home for a little while. But there's uh, plenty of Big Sky Conference hoops action for us to keep track of and and catch you up on uh, as well. So there's your show outlook here. On to on is now. If you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you will find the stream. You can also always stream it on the ESPN uh, MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line on the Grizz hockey front. So we have quite a few listeners that are interested in that. And we are back on the app because that means the uh, app equipment is back in town. But uh, Jeff Safford and the boys, they went on over to... Bozeman over the weekend and uh, lost on Friday. Five to two. Is that the right score, Safford? You can just give me the the, the nod. Five to two on Friday. Is that the right deal for uh, Grizz Hockey? Uh, he says yes, affirmative. And then they came back and won on Saturday night. This is actually a landmark win. So we'll have Mike Anderson, the head coach of the Grizz Hockey team, on the show. Montana has definitely played Montana State in hockey. And they've beaten them, but not their necessarily their their A squad. This was A squad versus A squad, and Montana beat Montana State uh, on Saturday night in Missoula. Raucous crowd and uh, a fun event. So uh, 
good win to go into the break. So we'll have Mike Anderson from Grizz Hockey joining us uh, just a little while as well. Uh, another PSA for you. As always, I've run out of vacation days. <laughs> That's not true. I've run out of days that I can take my vacation. I have too many vacation days. So I'll be out on Thursday and Friday, but we'll still have shows. Uh, you'll still hear me on the show, uh, certainly uh, a, a little bit at least, if maybe not a lot, because we do have a couple different interviews that will be pre-recorded. And then uh, these guys will steer the ship for us as we um, continue taking the Christmas break. And then we will have a show next Monday with our, our standard formula, Montana Football Hour, Hour 1, Monday afternoon quarterback, and Hour number 2. And they will be off for the rest of the year. So uh, happy new year to me, I guess. So as we're counting this down, I actually only got four Nuanas nows left in the, in the tank here for the rest of this calendar year. And uh, I guess you guys, the loyal listeners, you got six left. So we'll have plenty of stuff coming up for you. But have no fear. These guys will steer the ship. Uh, the biggest news in the sporting world, or at least the most eye-opening one, the one that everybody wants to talk about just because the numbers are so gaudy, our nightmares came true. Shohei Otani's going to the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, how could you not for $700 million? It's, it breaks my brain. How's that even a thing? How's that even possible that this could be being spent on a sporting star? And the the craziest part about it is not how much money Shohei Otani is about to make. It's how much money the Dodgers are about to make off Shohei Otani. They're going to make all that money back and then some not even close, in my opinion. It's not even an opinion. I think it's, I think it's a fact. The projections for not only the clout he carries, but also his stardom both domestically and abroad, particularly in Japan and all of Asia. Man, he's going to just sell so many pieces of memorabilia and tickets and all of it. So good for him, I guess. I just thought it would have been a lot more fun story if he would have ended up, I don't know, anywhere besides with the Dodgers or the Yankees. I mean, just gag me with a spoon. I was really hoping he would end up in Seattle, but... Uh, I digress. That's my thoughts on it. These guys will do an elongated segment on that and other baseball free agency. Uh, and they have a couple other things planned for you as well. Maybe do a little Grizz hockey first half recap for you. We'll also have uh, some Paddlehead slash Pioneer League talk. There's a new independent team that's not really in the Pioneer League, but it is. And they're going to play against some of the Pioneer League teams. Jeff has an interview on that as well. So uh, a bunch of fun stuff coming up for you uh, later on this week. I mentioned my best of the weekend. Certainly fun to go to night games at both the Big Sky sites that were hosting, the Grizz, of course, hosted Furman on Friday night at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and then Idaho hosted U Albany on Saturday. A paltry crowd at the Kibbe Dome. It was okay. Certainly nothing compared to when Montana and Montana State were there during the regular season. It's certainly an exercise in um, acclimation to, to get your fans used to you know, being in playoff mode, you know, being in, in playoff atmospheres, planning around the playoffs. I mean, even in Montana's had a bunch of open seats these first two rounds of the playoffs, even though they're, they're the number two seed and one of the favorites for the national championship. But about 9,300 at the Kibbe Dome Saturday night. And it was an interesting game. It was definitely, it was back and forth. And Idaho had a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes. They didn't go for it on fourth down as much as they usually do, which is one of their trademarks under Jason Eck. And instead, they lined up for a couple really long field goals. They do have one of the best kickers in the country in Ricardo Chavez, but he missed 
a couple 50-plus yarders and then also missed a 45-yarder. Then he had a PAT blocked, and it was sort of a a weird conglomeration of special teams errors, which has been something that's plagued three of the Big Sky Conference teams down the stretch. Montana State couldn't make a kick the second half of the season, and it ended up ultimately, and there's a lot of factors that went into it, but the 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 final play of Montana State season was a blocked extra point, and that in itself was, I think, fitting and disheartening for the Bobcats. The Grizz were really good kicking field goals and, and extra points uh, through October, and then uh, Grant Glasgow sort of hit some skids. They ended up going with the, the senior, Nico Ramos. He was pretty good, but then he missed a couple kicks against Furman on Saturday as well. And then you get to the Kibbe Dome, and, and Ricardo Chavez, who's you know, going to be an All-American, he bit, misses a handful of kicks as well. So uh, weird to see the way that the uh, special teams have, at least the kicking units, have regressed. But you can't say the special teams have regressed because, my goodness, Junior Bergen. Unbelievable. I mean, he is... He's already been climbing the list of you know fan favorites and all-time greats at the University of Montana. But after taking the opening kickback, 99 yards for a score against Berman, and then also having a fourth-quarter partner turn for a touchdown to give the Grizz the lead, he's there, man. He's on the Mount Rushmore. It, it, it's harder to be among the great kick and punt returners at Montana than any other school in the Big Sky, any other school in the FCS, and pretty much every program in college football. And Bobby Houck deserves a ton of credit for that. Taking kicks and punts back for scores is so difficult. Most programs only have them once or, you know, a couple times every handful of years. The fact that the Grizz have had a litany of All-American caliber returners, all of whom have taken punts and kicks back for scores, I I would love to go through it. But I I would be willing to wager that in the 21st century, Montana has more kick and punt return touchdowns than any other program in college football. I I would put money that Montana has more kick and punt return touchdowns than any other program in all of Division I college football. And then part of that's because of the guy that's scheming it up. Bobby Houck is unquestionably one of the great special teams coaches in the United States of America, any level of football. And uh, that was proof again with uh, two return touchdowns for scores in Montana's 35-28 win over uh, Furman in overtime. So let's dive into it. It's the Montana Football Hour. Probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. We got back from Moscow, and uh, the car was was uh, all sorts of dirty because of you know the roads we'd been driving on forever. So I swung it all over there to Dazzler's. Ten minutes in and out, got the whole thing cleaned out, vacuumed up, polished her up with the nice towels on the inside, washed it on the outside. They buffed it all up for me. Unbelievable you can get that good of a car wash that fast. Dazzler's Car Wash is our next-door neighbor right here on Radio Way in Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long with Dazzler's. Let's take a look at the FCS playoff scoreboard from over the weekend. It was the quarterfinal, so four games. It got kicked off Friday night, of course, in Missoula. 35-28, the Grizz win over Furman in overtime. ton more on that game coming up. Then on Saturday morning, <laughs> about 45-mile-per-hour winds in Brookings, South Dakota. The, 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 it looked like a cartoon almost uh, during the first half when they were trying to throw and kick. It made it so that the the Jacks, the Jackrabbits, South Dakota State, seemed like they were on upset alert because Villanova was hanging tough. But then South Dakota State just kept kind of grinding, and then they, they busted a couple long ones, and then all of a sudden that's off, off to the races, and they beat Villanova 23-12. 
Didn't cover. You know, the uh, the spread was three touchdowns. So I guess good effort by Villanova. But the Jacks are still the team to beat. I, I know there's a ton of hype around Missoula in this game here uh, that's playing out on Saturday. But, man, the Jacks are still the team to beat. They, they have now a top five longest winning streak uh, in FCS history, uh, up to, I think, 27 or 28 in a row. But certainly one of the top five longest winning streaks in this subdivision's history and uh, undefeated for the second year in a row. So they will host UAlbany. UAlbany goes on the road, and they win 30-22 to at Idaho. Great Danes have an outstanding quarterback. Reese Poffenbarger was uh, lights out in this game. I mean, he, he has a whip. I was so impressed with his arm talent, how well he throws the ball. And his number one target, Brevin Easton, went all the way off. Nine catches, 228 yards, and three touchdowns. And that helps you, Albany, not only punch their first ticket to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs, but also their first win outside of the Eastern time zone ever in the history of the program. So that's pretty crazy. So South Dakota State and Albany will play Friday night in Brookings. <laughs> Man, if it's windy and cold on Friday night in Brookings, I can't even imagine what this game is going to look like. But uh, it could be a, should be a fun one. And uh, then the other game, of course, North Dakota State goes to Vermillion 45-17 over the third-ranked Yotes. So NDSU busts the bracket. They, they beat the sixth seed. They beat the three seed, each one of them on the road. And now they uh, will come to Missoula. Stuart's now ESPN Radio, Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash uh, of Missoula. Uh, how we doing? Do it? Can we play the opening statement? Bit you can. Okay, great. Uh, yours truly, you know, because it's week sixteen, so I have no idea where any of my stuffs at. Still, you know, real pro over here. I I uh, I didn't bring our hand recorder to um, the press conference on Friday night. That was fine though, because I had my phone. Redu- was doing some video. My brother. Uh, videotaped the press conference with his fancy camera. We were able to plug, plug into the deal, but I, I completely spaced out that I didn't have it. So these guys have been producing the uh, the sound for me. So we're going to do three big things about Montana, and uh, we're also going to talk a little Furman and give you a preview on NDSU. But here on the Montana Football Hour, here's Bobby Houck's opening statement after his team's overtime victory in Missoula on Friday night.
It certainly was, and I think what he said there is absolutely true. I was saying this to Riley Corcoran on our podcast earlier today, Voice of the Grizz. Even though Montana, they came all the way down the wire, and they needed a kick and a punt return touchdown to, to, to stay in the game, and they gave up a game-tying touchdown with 13 seconds to go in regulation, and Furman uh, thought about going for two, which would have been a walk-off win, but then they... They don't, they fall start, so they, they take the OT. Except for when they lined up for two right before the fall start. That was the only time Friday night that I even considered that the Grizz might lose the game. Other than that, I, I was fully convinced no matter what the ebbs and flows were, that the Grizz were going to figure out a way to win. That's because of what Coach Alk is talking about. They have that championship mentality right now, so I can, they carry it on through. It's the Montana Football Hour. Presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Last week, completely under no intention of our own, we went viral. <laughs> I didn't even know this was happening. I, <laughs> this is amazing. So, I recorded an interview with Tyler Huff, the great senior quarterback for Furman, on, I think it was Tuesday of last week, and I went to go see my uncle, up at the Hot Springs on Thursday. So you heard me on the show. I had plenty of interviews and stuff for you. But these guys steered the ship. Appreciate them for doing it. And we played Tyler Huff's interview during that show. Well, then I get back to town late night on Thursday night. And there's all sorts of notifications on my phone from Twitter. Okay, go on there. Turns out, a couple of friends of this show, also happen to be the guys that run the the Grizz Fan Pod, they uh, have the interview from Tyler Huff, but they they cut out the part, and I'm sure any all of you guys have already heard this because it, it really did go viral, about Tyler Huff talking about Montana's defense. He said the first thing that stands out to, him, uh, to, out to me about them is that they tackle really well, I wouldn't say they're the most athletic bunch. We faced some more athletic defenses so far this year, but I think they're a really sound unit who tackles really well. Doesn't seem like that inflammatory of a thing to say, but uh, those guys cut it out and tweeted it out, and then I tweeted out the whole interview, and then all of a sudden we had just stirred up a bloody hornet's nest. <laughs> all we were trying to do was just have Tyler Huff on the show. So uh, it was fascinating to see how all that went, but... At the end, first of all, I think Furman used it as motivation and Montana used it as motivation. So I actually think it enhanced the game on both sides. I don't think this was a disadvantage for Furman making some bulletin board material. I think that this started a whole bunch of scuttle on Twitter. And I think Furman came into Washington Grizzly Stadium absolutely ready to fight. And I I thought it worked out great on both sides. Matt's... Sochovica, I think it's how you say it. He was the senior captain defensive tackle for Furman. Uh, he certainly had plenty to say about this after the game. So here's just a couple sound bites from him. First of all, uh, what he thought about Tyler Huff and uh, kind of standing up for his guy.
I agree with that, and uh, I thought the kid was great on the show. I shouldn't even call him a kid. He's a grown man. I mean, he's in the Army Reserves, and he's married, and uh, he actually announced today on Twitter that he's grad transferring again. I don't really know how that works because he was a grad transfer to Furman. He got his graduate degree in three years at Presbyterian College, then transferred into Furman. He's played two years there, so I don't really know how he has more eligibility, but he did tweet out that he's grad transferring somewhere. So, um the big D tackle captain there for the Furman, I think that he just had a missing link there. You know, uh, it was it was fans and, and listeners that were sort of calling that out, and then all the Twitter scuttle that that followed. But uh, I also thought it was interesting just the chip on the shoulder that Furman came in with, and I, I will fully admit that I undervaluated Furman. I watched their playoff. Uh, first of all, I watched them against West Carolina earlier this year in the regular season, and then I watched them their playoff game against Chattanooga. I thought they were a really good team. Thought they 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 played well together. They played good complementary football. Thought their defense was particularly aggressive and tough. But I I thought that they would have a hard time matching up athlete for athlete with Montana. Their secondary was way better than I thought. Their secondary their corners were really good. Their corners were probably the best test that Montana's wide receivers have had this year, and their D line was excellent as well. And so that was the other thing that uh, so Chopica said was that uh, oh you don't have, we don't have that one okay got it uh, he he I'll just paraphrase for you he said that uh, the SoCon can play with the big sky somebody asked him what what message he would pass along to the guys that are coming back and he said I would just tell him hey. The SoCon can play with anybody. Now, I don't know if the SoCon across the board can, but Furman certainly could. I was really impressed with their toughness, their grit, their aggressiveness. thought they had real-deal players on all three levels of their defense. thought their offensive line was good, too. I thought they handled Montana uh, okay. You know, they definitely hung in the battle of the trenches. So, um, thought I thought it was good across the board. I was very impressed with Furman. But as Bobby Houck said, to leave a lot of stuff out there, you know, to give up two big plays. I mean, Furman scored a 70-yard touchdown on the first their first play of the game right after uh, Junior Bergen's long touchdown return. So that was a great answer. Then Tyler Huff had a nice 53-yard run as well. So they, they had a couple big plays that really thwarted Montana grabbing the momentum. And uh, then they went toe-to-toe with the Grizz. And the Grizz, you know, they made some mistakes. Giving up those big plays. Clifton McDowell throws a pick early. All those things contributed to what Coach Houck just said there. He's not necessarily, his team did not necessarily play that great of football if they still found a way to win. More on this game, three big things about the Grizz, plus plenty about the Big Sky Conference, the coaching carousel, what's up with NDSU, Matt Entz on the way out the door, and not one, not two, but three big names in the portal out of the University of Idaho. All that's next. Keep it right here. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's funny because uh, all the everybody's Spotify raps and all that have been getting dropped. Mine is just like uh, archiving of the concerts that were in Missoula over the last year. <laughs> oh, Big Ed Todd and the Monsters, which was a great show. That they and uh, Blues Traveler played a sort of a dual headlining show here earlier this summer, and it was uh, it was awesome. Maybe. If we could find time to squeeze it in, I don't know how we're going to, because, of course, I didn't use any of my vacation days, so i got to leave here soon. (laughs) But regardless, uh, maybe we'll do a little countdown of the concerts that we saw here in Missoula. It was a good good year, certainly. Welcome back to Oz Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for letting us know. Sometimes when we play some of these sound bites on air, I don't know why, but we're figuring it out. But if you can't hear them and you tell us, that's actually a great thing for us because then we know because we can hear them loud and clear. I'm listening to them on the monitors, on the headphones, all that stuff. So uh, we're getting your text. Thanks so much for doing it. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. I totally buried the lead. I told you about my wagon. If you're watching on TV or on the ESPN MT app, got this wagon. It's a Marshall Thundering Herd wagon. This is from... Uh, Huntington, West Virginia, this is 1996 National Championship game. Our great friends down at Red's Bar gave this to me. Uh, Mike and the boys, they have an unbelievable collection of, of sports memorabilia. If you've been in there, you know all the stuff that's on display upstairs. Well, downstairs is like a museum. So I said to them, hey, guys, we should start showing some of this stuff off. So here we are, and we've been doing that. We've gotten a couple pieces for you. This is the, the latest piece. So in the spirit of... Uh, deep runs in the playoffs by the Grizzlies. This is the one we picked. So, of course, that, that's actually one of probably the darker memories in Grizz football history when Montana lost in the 96 National Championship game. The Grizz were going for a repeat. They had beaten Marshall the, uh, the year earlier. But then uh, a guy named Randy Moss emerged on the scene. He was pretty good. And uh, Marshall won the 96 National Championship going away. And then they moved up. So they were certainly one of the powers at the Division One AA level. Then they moved up to the 1A level shortly after beating Montana in that 96 game. If by chance you're not going to the Grizz game, you want a place to watch, Red's Bar there downtown Missoula, right on Ryman Street, excellent place to go. Or if you want to go there pregame or postgame, also a great place to gather and attack all things Grizz sports. They love the Grizz down there, and they certainly love all of the sports, so it's one of the best sports bars in Missoula, we appreciate Reds for contributing to our uh, our studio decor, giving you some history lessons thanks to their stuff. Let's do three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the, uh, well, not the three big things about anybody else. We don't have anybody else. The Grizz are the last Big Sky team playing. I'm so used to saying three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats, but uh, no more Cats 
on the docket. No more Vandals on the docket. No more anybody except for the Grizzlies in terms of Big Sky Conference teams. My first big thing about the Grizz, when they scheme it up on special teams, especially on the punt return game, if the opponent is punting inside their own 10, the Grizz are going to scheme up their sideline return. And if the punter puts some air under the kick, the Grizz are housing it. And that is crazy to say. A, a punt return touchdown, if you were, if you have the ability to have like a 3% return rate in terms of scoring touchdowns, that would be absurd. I truly think if the Grizz can pin you inside your own 10 and then you have to punt out of your own end zone so you have to do a max protect to make sure you don't get it blocked and they can scheme it up, if Junior Berger can get to the sideline, he has like a one out of three chance of housing that that punt. That's nuts. But it's also, you can like see it. When Travis Benham pinned Furman inside the, their 10, I, I remember thinking out loud, oh man, you watch, this is going to be like Utah Tech where they pinned him down there and then they punt one and then it's a, a you only got half the field and Junior Bergen's going to house it up the sideline. Then as soon as they were lining up to punt, I said it out loud. I said, hey, he's, he's going to take this up the sideline. If he gets one block, he's going to break it. And then the kid kicked it too far and outkicked his coverage, and boom, one block by Jackson Lee and Junior Bergen off to the races. So uh, pretty darn impressive. It's actually crazy that people still kick and especially punt to Montana. I thought that, Andrew, I thought that was a sneaky uh, factor in the game. Furman's punter was actually terrible the first three quarters. He had... Like a hand, he punted 12 times, first of all, but he had a handful of punts that were complete shanks. That was actually an advantage for Furman because it meant they weren't kicking it. I thought that was the biggest disconnect. When Clay Hendricks got up there in the postgame press conference, he was like, well, then we finally hit a good punt and he takes it back. And I even asked him a, a follow up. I said, well, don't you think you outkicked your coverage? He's like, no, no, he's got to do a better job tackling. It's like, man. The reason you did hit a good punt was the reason that they took it back for a score. I just can't believe people still kicked to Junior Bergen. Yeah, they didn't even get a chance to tackle him because nobody touched him on that return. Um, You're absolutely right, and it sort of speaks to the reason why it's also not so easy to say, well, I don't know why they're still kicking to him anymore. It's because they don't have kickers and punters who are good enough at this level to keep it away from a kid and angle it 40 (laughs) yards out of bounds, right? Right, right. It's not as easy as you think it is. No, for sure. uh, Particularly when you know they've had it drilled into their heads all week that, hey, not only do they scheme up returns, they also scheme up pump blocks. So you got to get it out quick. (laughs) It's it's so funny, though, because... When they're punting from their own end zone, it is so surefire that if Junior Bergen gets his hands on it to touchdown, you would be better off to literally snap it out of the back of the end zone. You would literally be better off to just take a safety. Well, no, you'd be better off kicking it 25 <laughs> yards out of bounds like he did in the first half. <laughs> like Twice. You'd be better off kicking it to the 30 and getting it out of bounds. You're right. It's not better to give up the safety because then what happens after the safety? you got to kick it to Junior Bergen again. again. Uh, but And actually, that sort of ties in into what we saw on Saturday, too. Yeah. Because Albany was able to do that to Jermaine Jackson after he had the huge kick return sure. in the first half. They kicked it to the up back and let the let the Vandals start on the 35 or the 40 every time, and that turned out to be the right scenario, even though you're giving up probably 15 yards of field position every time. For sure. Well, as now you spin radio, it's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated. 
all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Second big thing about the Grizz. When you look at the final tail of the tape, the Grizz gave up 280 yards of total offense on 80 plays. That in itself is good. You take away the 70-yard touchdown on the first uh, offensive series of the game for Furman, which was... Not a way, touchdown, actually. What's that? Not a touchdown. They got him at the one. Oh, they got him at the one, and then they scored right after that. That's right. 70-yard play down to the one, and then they, they scored right after that. But you take away that 70-yarder, which, great play call. Uh, Grizz got caught in zero coverage in an all-out blitz, and then it was just a skinny post up the middle, and boom. Yeah, almost off to the races. Then he got caught at the one, but then they turned it into a score. And then you talk about Tyler Huff's 53-yarder. Same deal. Uh, the corner, they were in zero coverage, and the corner got pinned on the inside, and Huff caught back, and he's fast. And so he scores on that one. You know, I know ifs and buts or candy and nets, whatever, but you take away those two, and the Grizz gave up 158 yards on 78 plays. That's lights-out defense for sure. This was also a defensive game that ended up with a 35-28 final score. And that's what happens when you have long touchdowns like that and when you have two special teams touchdowns. You take away four plays in this game. This was a 21-14 game with a grand total of 21 punts. Furman punted 12 times in this game, and the Grizz punted nine times in this game. So this was actually a defensive slugfest that was masquerading as some sort of a shootout because of uh, the, the the big plays that were uh, manufactured within this game, both in the special teams and then a couple by the Furman offense. Third big thing about the Grizz, that's the second week in a row where Montana actually left a lot to be desired on the table, especially offensively, and they still won against a ranked opponent. That's the type of juice and momentum Montana has right now. I think the other thing that they have is, and Montana was not unique in this. This is what a lot of college football teams have. When you do what you do and you do it well, you're rolling. When somebody takes away what you do well, you crumble. That was the Grizz for several years. Now you can take this, this, and this away, they can still beat you over here. You can take this, 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 and this away. They can still beat you over here. Their flexibility, their malleability, their ability to evolve has been unbelievable this year. They can always lean on the defense. They can always lean on the tackling. That's huge. But, like, Eli Gilman had 10 carries for two yards. It didn't matter. Clinton McDowell rushed for 120, career high. Nick Osmo. I mean, Montana did not have a running back with a carry for more than six yards. Yet they still were able to muster the run game at least a little bit and take care of business. So the last couple of years, if if what Montana does wasn't working, they didn't have anything else to adjust to. They had nothing else to lean on. Now they do, and that's so important uh, for the Grizzlies. Anything else to add to this, Andrew, before we take a break? we got plenty of other stuff to update you on, including – a trifecta of star players from Idaho into the portal, plus a whole bunch of coaching news as well. Anything else to add about this Grizz-Furman game? Well, I think just sort of piggybacking off that last point, there's a reason why, and I wrote this after the Delaware game, the reason why we've seen the last two teams that have lost to the Grizz come into the press conference sort of defiantly. I mean, they can see that Montana isn't blowing them out of the building. And that happened again this week. I mean, Furman did a a lot of good things. Like you mentioned, completely shut down the Grizz run game from the running backs, got the big plays that they needed, uh, won the turnover battle, right, which has been their MO all season long. 
and they still lose. And so you have these coaches and players coming into the press conferences and saying, well, you know, hats off to them. But we see that kind of competition in the SoCon. We see that kind of competition out on the East Coast. And it just speaks to what you're saying. They're just finding ways to win right now. And maybe it's with the special teams as it was on 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 uh, on Friday night. I think a big part of it that these opposing coaches are picking up on too is like, man, the crowd is such a huge deal here. Yep. It's just important that they're playing at home. But um not sure exactly where I was finishing up with that point, but I just thought it's interesting to sort of get the same vibe from the opposing press conferences in both weeks and have it both be kind of uh, defiant. I think that's... Delaware and Furman both seem to have a ton of confidence within the game, and then Delaware got a beat right out of them because they just got kind of... By the end, yeah. They they got avalanched. But... That's what makes this Montana team special is that there's very little about them that's actually special. That's why they're special. Clifton McDowell has been playing way above his head. That's because he's actually not... I don't want to dog on the guy, but he is a very, very average college quarterback. But he's playing exceptionally well, especially within the scope of their system. Like, if you're just watching the film, you've never seen Montana before and you're preparing for him right now. You're just watching the film. You're like, man, we're scared of 99, Alex Gubner in the middle. We are uh, probably a little bit weary of the corners because they're really good in man, but nothing nothing outside of the box, nothing extraordinary. We want to shut down 10, the the freshman running back, Eli Gilman, and five, Junior Bergen. Other than that, they just look like a middle-of-the-road FCS team. That's the most special characteristic about this team, though, is they are a team. That's, team. that's what I was thinking about earlier today, and and you're thinking about it, and I'm trying to think of why this team has had so much success. When, as you mentioned, I mean, last year, or a couple of years ago, they had, what, four, five, six All-American caliber guys? This exactly. Year, this year they've got, you said it, Alex Gubner is right. going to be an All-American, Junior yeah. Bergen's going to be an All-American returner. That's it. Two guys. Yep. That's it. And I'm just trying to think, like, is it be I think a huge part of their success is because they don't have those those that amount of top level guys anymore. They also don't really have anybody who you can attack. They That's have exactly they don't it. have anybody who you can go after. That's exactly right. Like we were talking about this earlier in the year. If you're doing like Madden ratings, NCAA ratings for the Grizz defense, Governor's playing like a ninety nine right now. He's he is a ninety nine. Yep. He is as good as it gets. I'd say Braxton Hill's probably playing as like a 92 right now. And Riley Wilson. And Riley Wilson's playing as like a 90. All the rest of the guys are in the 80s, but they have like 20 of them that are. That's the whole deal. The difference between James Kluswich and Garrett Graves and Nash Fouch and Ryder Meyer and, you know, just on down the line, name all the guys in the rotation, Corbin Walker, they're all mid to high 80s, and they all are just interchangeable. That's the most impressive part. And everybody else, and I'm thinking back to the way that Montana State lost... I thought that North Dakota State in that game was able to take advantage of the safety who came in because Drew Polidor was out. Yep. Um, they were able to take advantage of a couple other places on that defense. Montana, there's there's no place else to do that. And that partially is because they've been so healthy this year. I mean, they have not had anybody really miss time. And again, you compare them to Montana State and just think about 
how many guys from Montana State were out at this end of the season and how many guys from Montana are still playing at this end of the season. But I, I don't want to call it like injury luck. It's just so impressive that they've been able to build up that depth. And there's just there's no place to attack. There's no weak link to go after. I mean, how many times did Furman win one-on-one against that defense on Friday? Like, once on Huff's touchdown right. where he made the guy miss? Yeah. The 70-yarder was a scheme thing. Like you said, they were going zero blitz. They made a nice play, but they didn't beat anybody one-on-one. Right. And once for the tying touchdown when the 6-7 guy catches it over Trevin Gradney's head. I mean, there's no place, there's no weak link that you can target and go after every play and make the Grizz adjust to and open things up everywhere else. It's why the system works better when you have, when you don't have elite talent, as crazy as that is to say, right? I mean, Montana State went through this when they had Troy Anderson and then also when they lost Troy Anderson. Everybody on their defense had to figure out how to replay the scheme because you don't have a guy that runs a 4-3 playing right next to you, right? Well, so, and, and it's the other thing, too. I mean, when you have guys like that, I mean, when the Grizz have Justin Ford on one side and they have Patrick O'Connell on one side at linebacker, the guy on the other side is going to get exploited just sort of by default, even though right. it's the, the same guy. I mean, even though it's Corbin Walker across from Justin Ford both years, he's going to have to hold up in coverage a lot more when Justin Ford is on the other side just because they don't have any place else to go with the ball. And that becomes, uh, that starts to wear on you. Absolutely. Noah Zalia Spin Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour. Presented by Dazzler's Car Wash at Missoula. Portal updates, coaching carousel updates, and more on the FCS Final Four next. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I'm incredibly confused by this, this marketing thing that's going on. If you are somebody that watches sports like me on streaming services... You get these commercials that play all the time because they're they're sold in like every streaming break on ESPN Plus. So I I don't know how this happened from like a copyright perspective, but that song right there, "Best of My Love" by The Emotions, love that song, little 1970s ditty. Somehow, some way, Target, the store, and Campbell's Soup each did a rendition of that for their holiday commercial. Now, how does that happen? Like, how does that happen for a a copyright deal? I mean, talk about the emotions just winning. They're probably getting royalty checks from both sides. Those are the two most played commercials. But every time I hear that song, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a good song. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's this terrible commercial again. But there's two terrible commercials about two completely different things. I don't know how this happened. If you know how this happened, text us, 406-888-1029. Maybe they're just ripping it off. Maybe it's like... uh, it's not like a cover. It's not like a rendition. It's actually just like they plagiarize the songs and they don't even know that they're the same. Maybe the AI told them to do it. I don't know. It's just so confusing to me. I don't know how. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to Montana Football Hour. We're up against this. So we only got a couple more minutes, but I wanted to give you a few pieces of news here. First of all, as we were driving back from Moscow yesterday, 
because we went over to watch Idaho's game on Saturday night since we watched the Grizz game on Friday night. The news uh, coming out of the back seat <laughs> from Andrew was Matt Entz into the portal, or should I say on the way to the Pac-12 or the Pac-2 or the Big Ten or whatever you want to call it. The head coach of North Dakota State, who has gone 60-10 and 10 during his time there at NDSU, he is out. He is on his way to USC as the linebackers coach. According to a press release from the school, he will coach Saturday in Missoula against the Grizz. And if NDSU wins, he'll coach in the national championship as well. But this will be Matt Entz's last little stretch as the head coach at NDSU. He's headed to USC to be the linebackers coach and the assistant head coach for the defense, whatever the heck that means. So there's one piece of news. The second piece of news, and we hear from you. Every time there's portal entries, NCAA transfer portal entries, we hear, I, I, I get texts from both sides of it. I get texts from people that are fans of the Grizz or the Cats. I get texts asking, what's going on with our team? Why are these guys leaving? Then I always get texts from the other side of the team, or excuse me, the other side of the rivalry. Oh, they must be burning it down to Bozeman. And why are all the Cats in the portal? <laughs> so I, I always respond, two things. Every single program at the FCS level is going to experience massive attrition and the NCAA transfer portal. It does not matter if you go undefeated to win the national championship. There will be high-profile transfers from your team. The money is too great. The NIL collective stuff has completely and utterly ruined what the intention of NIL was. The intention of NIL was to monetize your name, image, and likeness in exchange for a marketing or endorsement service for a business or a person. Well, now with these collectives, you don't even have to market nothing. You can just go get a big bag of money for existing on a football team or existing on a men's basketball team. You don't actually have to do a commercial or endorse a product. You just get money. That's not in the spirit of the rule, but that's why everybody's leaving because the FBS are literally making free agent offers six figures big to everybody. It doesn't even matter if you're going to go be a backup offensive lineman. You can get money. That's ridiculous. So... I said, no one is immune to it. Well, we already saw a bunch from Montana State. It's That's only the beginning. And now we see a bunch from the University of Idaho. They lose on Saturday. Giovanni McCoy, first-team All-Big Sky quarterback, into the portal. Anthony Woods, first-team All-Big Sky running back, into the portal. Marcus Harris, I thought the best corner in the Big Sky Conference, into the portal. It's only the beginning. It'll keep on coming. Yeah, and Anthony Woods, at least, has already picked up offers from Houston and Arkansas. So, As my brother said earlier, and I will reaffirm this, these guys had the offers. They enter, they enter the portal with multiple offers. I mean, it's like NBA free agency. How do, how do, these, how do, you, how do you report these trades right. and signings right. immediately right. after the moratorium's like, lifted? Do you really think that Omar Abedion had 13 offers within five hours of entering the portal? No. He had 13 offers before he entered the portal. That's why he entered the portal. It, it's, it's so annoying. I, I get, I'm a guy that actually thinks that in the, the true spirit of what they wanted NIL to be about, I think it's actually a good rule. The fact that we're living in this world where there's no regulation for it, it's ridiculous. I, I can't believe it. And I used to be, I used to push back so hard on the coaches that said, oh, this is going to turn the big sky into a minor league. I used to think that was a ridiculous uh, premise. 
It's not. It's happened. It's 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 happened, and they're going to have to figure out a way to save it, or we have for sure ruined college football for uh, what we knew it to be and what we hoped and and think that it still should be. We're up against it. The main man, Marty Mornowick, just walked in. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We'll talk all things NDSU Montana and all things NFL next. Keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.